Hello and welcome to The Wound Doctors, a podcast series dedicated to the study and improved treatment of wounds. These episodes are brought to you by Convitec, pioneering trusted medical solutions to improve the lives they touch. Rod Murray is my name and along with my co-host, Dr. Francis Henshaw, this series is aimed at exploring the world of wounds and educating about ways to treat and deal with them better. Today, we'll be joined once again by vascular nurse Sue Monaro to talk about venous leg ulcers. Sue will be along in a moment, but Fran, you've touched on this topic in other episodes, but it's a complex one and I'm imagining very big. What shall we talk to Sue about today? Well, Rod, uh, we're very lucky to have Sue because she knows an awful lot about venous leg ulcers. And we have previously talked about what venous leg ulcers are and how common they are. And we know that it's when you have a problem getting the blood back upstairs, if you like, from the lower limb to um, the rest of the body. And in order to try and improve this situation and prevent these ulcers from getting larger and indeed to make them smaller and disappear, the mainstay of treatment is called compression therapy. Now, Sue has spent a lot of her time in the wonderful world of compression therapy. So, Sue, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, well, it's it's a very big area. We're talking about its application in venous problems, but it's also widely used in first aid management and in lymphedema. Um, and a lot of the elite athletes are getting into it. You see them out there in their compression garments. So uh, what we're trying to do in venous disease is to push the fluid back into the right space. Um, and we usually have a couple of modalities. We can either use some bandages that we wrap on or we can get the patient to wear a garment Um And occasionally we use pneumatic compression as well. Um, And all of these modalities um, need to be matched to the patient. But usually if they've got venous disease, we emphasize that their compression therapy is lifelong. And that's where we get into trouble. Okay. So we've got bandages that are stretchy that we can wrap around the leg. We have special garments like stockings that we can put on people. And then you mentioned this pneumatic therapy pneumatic compression therapy. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, well, uh, a lot of the nurses in the audience would know that um, in a patient undergoing surgery, we often put them in a calf compressor with a funny little sleeve on to activate the calf muscle while the person's anaesthetized and prevent uh, deep venous thrombosis. Um, and we use similar technology, just a little bit modified, uh, in patients that have edema, either lymphedema or venolymphedema, where we put a sleeve onto the limb, uh, where most commonly talking about the lower limb when we talk about venous ulcers Um, and the sleeve connects via a little pipe to a pump and the pump is uh, plugged into an electrical um, supply and we can basically turn it on and dial up different levels of compression to actually push the fluid back into the right space. So sometimes the patient will be in the pump for a short period of time, but sometimes we actually get them to put the sleeve on for an hour or two, a couple of times a day. So it almost massages the, uh, the, the blood back up the leg, would you say? 
Yes, it's a fairly deep massage, but most it, most commonly it isn't painful. Uh, the sleeve um, we get uh, different kind of uh, sh- kind of sizes of sleeves, but also different compartments in, within sleeves. But most commonly, it's what we call a sequential compression, so that we start at the bottom of the limb and then it inflates and deflates sequentially, so that it actually mimics the calf muscle pump to push the fluid back. Well, that sounds like quite a pleasant experience having a bit of a leg massage. But I have to say that some of these other garments that I've seen, they some of them look a bit like an instrument of torture. And um, I have had issues amongst people that I've been treating with venous leg ulcers, not wanting to wear these compression garments and, and bandages. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, well, there's no doubt that they're, um, they can be quite challenging to apply. Uh, so, so, and the other problem is a lot of patients can't uh, apply them independently because it does take a fair bit of manual dexterity and strength to pull a garment on. So, the most important thing if you are going to go to a garment for compression is you need to make sure that it's the right fit. Um, so, most patients can have what we call an off the shelf garment. Uh, where their limb uh, kind of falls within a standard uh, measurement range and we can supply it in small, medium, um, large, extra large and different lengths as well. Um, But for a lot of people who have venous disease, they often have uh, quite large limbs and they often need to have what we call a custom garment. So their their limb actually isn't the right kind of configuration to go into an off-the-shelf. But the The biggest downfall is that you've got to decompress the limb first before you go straight to a garment. So we usually use the pump or flat compression bandaging wrapped onto the leg to optimise to get to the leg back to what we call baseline before we fit it with a garment because these garments can be quite expensive. Okay, so we know that there's a lot of edema or swelling often in these limbs and that we need to use the big guns which is the compression bandages and the intermittent pneumatic compression to get the um, edema the swelling shifted out of the way and that's when our garments come into their own and I think one of the things that we see quite commonly with venous leg ulcers is once people have um, shifted the venous leg ulcer and they're all mended they, they think well we're home and hose now and they don't feel like wearing their compression garment which is probably why uh recurrence rates are very high for venous leg ulcers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's really important. I say to my patients, it's 100% of the treatment, 100% of the time. And I think a lot of patients um, struggle with that while they've got an active ulcer. Um, And they do get that sense that when it's healed, that the the therapy's finished. Um, But the reality is that if they stop wearing their compression and their legs swell up again, and with minor trauma, if they re-injure the skin, they'll end up, like you said, with that recurrent ulcer. And there's been a lot of studies which show that that is often 70 to 80 percent of patients with an underlying venous insufficiency will get a recurrent ulcer. So it sounds to me this is almost a little bit like the antibiotic problem isn't it? The doctor gives you the antibiotics and says you've got to take the whole course and two days later you feel better and you don't finish them and now we've got this massive problem with antibiotics. The people that you work with and you are at the coalface How might we start to get around that to get people to understand that they need to do the treatment that's been prescribed for them? Well, I think one of the problems is a lot of the the people that we we see, the frequent flyers, 
can't actually independently do their compression therapy. And um, it, we really struggle to find services who will come and help them meet that need. So if they don't have a family member, um, unfortunately, the community nurses now, you have to have an active ulcer to qualify for treatment. Um, so we then need to move into some of the package providers um, to go into the home and help these people. Um, and as you know, there can be a delay in getting um, packages or some people just will not accept help. Um, so it's very hard when you've got a long-term therapy that's quite challenging um, to how you can actually get uh, people following through. If you're enjoying these episodes and you'd like to be part of a like-minded community, why not join our Facebook group? Simply search The Wound Doctors ANZ on Facebook and click the Join Group button. If you'd like to get in touch for anything else, from questions to ideas for future episodes, please feel free to send an email to thewounddoctors at convertech.com. That's thewounddoctors at convertech.com. We look forward to any and all feedback. Now, back to the show. I think the other thing that's quite important, Sue, is that not everybody is actually suitable for compression therapy. So um, nowadays where peripheral arterial disease is a lot more common than it used to be, some people don't actually have sufficient circulation going down to their limb. And I guess, you know, this is something that is a huge topic by itself, but um, often people need to have a very um, robust assessment of their circulation to understand whether they can actually have compression in the first place so you know we have two types of people we have people with venous leg ulcers that can have compression and and people that can't and when they can't have compression so what can we do with them then well that's really challenging we just recently had a great uh, paper um, talking about pushing some of the previous contraindications we had for therapeutic compression Um, and I think that's where we need to move towards is that there's no longer um, you know an absolute contraindication we need to think about modifying the compression and I guess that's where it comes into if you've got a patient with mixed disease they need to have this modification done um, under specialist care Uh, and that can be really difficult uh, in the home setting as well where the visit is quite time limited and then you you don't really know what happens uh, over time after you put compression on Uh, so that's why I think we do need um, some ambulatory care options whether it's done in a hospital clinic or uh, kind of a primary care practice Um, if we are putting high-risk patients in some type of modified compression they need to have really careful uh, initiation of therapy so that's good to know it's not a black and white you can have compression or you can't have compression. We've got this kind of sliding scale now, and it might mean that you're not going to get the quick resolution of a venous leg ulcer, but it also means it's probably not a hopeless case in all situations where you can't use the big guns compression. Yeah, and I think that's a great uh, a, the great term, the sliding scale. I might uh, I might use that in my practice, but yeah, we do have a lot more options now for um, for reducing the compression. Um, but it's it's quite a skill, and I think uh, we need to get more options for people that do have mixed disease. It makes me wonder. So, what you're describing sounds to an outsider like quite a mechanical 
thing that we're doing here, the, the notion of compression. Whatnot. What role has innovation got to play here? As you said, and I think my own mum has had problems. I think she's had lymphedema. She's had difficulty getting the stockings on. She needs help with doing that. What role is there for innovation? Probably also for you, Fran, with Convitec and companies that work in that area. Is there a role for innovation there for making those things easier for the mechanical devices to work better? Definitely. I've thought about it. How can What kind of products I could uh produce to actually improve uh, the systems. And, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of potential um, to develop additional products. Um, there is some what we call donors, um, which are devices to help apply um, garments. Uh, but, again, I mean, they're very useful for a lot of people, um, but they don't solve everybody's problem. Um, I think we need to look more at the pumps, and um, the biggest problem with the, uh, the pumps are the cost. Um, but they, you know, I think if we can... Um, you know, modify some of the designs and make them more affordable. Uh, that could definitely be uh, an option. A lot of the companies are doing like a rental, um, so people, if they can't afford to buy outright, um, or perhaps now with some of the schemes that we've got going, there might be a better option for subsidising some of this therapy. I think another thing that is important is actually being able to assess people's blood supply at point of care. And this is where we really need some innovation because at the moment, the um, test that they recommend is something called an ankle brachial pressure index. You've got to lie someone down for 10 minutes beforehand and you've got to take six blood pressures. Well, that takes quite a lot of time and um, often it doesn't get done. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could just stick a little cuff around someone's toe and tell instantly what kind of compression they needed and um, how much um, compression they could tolerate. So I think that there is massive amounts of innovation that that is um, needed in this space. I know that Convitec make a compression product called Surepress and um, hopefully in their R&D department, they're always uh, looking around to see how they can help these people with venous disease as well. Yeah. More broadly, as a medical problem, Fran and Sue, I guess, and this isn't about venous leg ulcers particularly, but we do bump into a problem immediately, don't we, of where business and economic realities bump up against medical requirements. All of those things need to be considered, don't they? It's not just as simple as saying, well, let's just go and develop this. Those things don't always pan out quite so simply, do that. I'm sure that's both frustrating for you, and when innovations come along, it must be very exciting as well, Sue, but there's a bunch of realities that are around that, aren't there? It's, these things aren't as simple as just wanting it and then having it. Yeah, there's no doubt if you match... Uh, the right treatment to the patient, um, you're going to, in the long term, uh, have economic benefits. Uh, the quicker you can uh, get rid of edema and heal an ulcer, um, the much better uh, longer term kind of outcomes you're going to have. And I guess that's where we have to work is to get the patients having the right treatment as early as possible. Um, so, yeah, and I do use um, the plumbing analogy um, when I educate patients to try and get them to understand the science behind the intervention because um, some people are very resistant to um, any kind of treatment that uh, is a little bit un uncomfortable, but we should be trying to make compression um, as comfortable as possible. And we need to do a bit of a sales pitch. Yeah. And I think another thing that's really important um, to 
teach our patients is that it's all right to leave compression on for a week or something like that. You don't have to take compression bandages on and off like you take your socks on and off every day. And, um, you know, Convitec have this hydrofiber technology in their dressing products, which means that they um, interact with the wound and they will keep absorbing exudate and ooze from wounds. They won't um, they won't kind of tip it all over the skin that's in good condition around the wound so it holds and locks away all this moisture and that means that we can actually be looking after the wound and managing the wound even though we might have a bandage on top of it for a week and I think that's a really important point that we need to um, use to educate people because a lot of people seem to think that wound dressings must be changed every day because they'll be dirty whereas we know if you get a good dressing in place then you can leave it there for a long time and of course that saves an awful lot of money in nursing time and um, that has you know great benefits to the health system and I think that people um, really need to understand that we can make these incremental improvements in patients' lives just by changing the way that their um, wounds are cared for. It's about understanding the innovation, isn't it, Sue? What Fran's just outlined there is there's been, been an innovation made, but of course we've all grown up with the notion that you don't leave bandages on for long periods of time because it actually doesn't help. It, it, it hinders. So we need to be made then aware. People need to be aware of the new technology that solves that problem. They can be hard messages to get out in a non-glamorous industry like wound care, as we've discussed a number of times. Yeah, we need a lot more R&D around compression. Yeah, indeed. Uh I've run out of questions, Fran, because it's too big a topic for me. Have I missed anything from Sue? Because we're, we're very lucky to have her. An expert like Sue doesn't come along every day. So let's make the most of it while we've got the time. What have I missed from her that you need to know? Do you know what, Rod? I think that we are very lucky to have Sue because I think she's made these really clear points that there are lots of options for venous leg ulcers in terms of compression, which is the mainstay of treatment. And they're on a sliding scale. It's not compression or no compression. But we need to have clinicians who are educated in um, how to assess a limb so that they can determine which is the most effective and um, safe way of looking after a venous leg ulcer. And then we have, you know, advanced wound dressing products that can go underneath compression. And this can really be the missing piece because it means that we can leave the compression on to do its job for as as long as possible so sue thank you so much i don't think you've missed anything because you're an expert in field thanks for having me guys that's all right we love to hear from people from the coalface but of course sue, what we need is for you to be at the coalface because otherwise the coalface doesn't get fixed so it's been fabulous of you to take some time and i like fran i think i've learned a lot uh, about something i didn't know any, anything about thanks for uh, thanks for taking that and congratulations again on a phd this always staggers me that people complete these things so well done to you for doing that as well and fran always fabulous to have you along as well thanks for your time today too thanks very much rod 